Welcome to the Sound of Truth Bible Chat with your host, Brett Morani, where he leads discussion in God's Word. Let's join him now. Welcome to Sound of Truth Bible Chat. And joining me today is my good longtime friend, Sean Wasson, who is the pastor of Bethany Church in Cape Girardeau, Missouri. Sean, welcome to Sound of Truth Bible Chat. Thanks for having me, Brett. So, Sean, let's talk about the book of Galatians. And I want to introduce this Bible chat with a quote from the Nelson Study Bible, which says this, In the whole Bible, there is no more passionate, comprehensive, yet concise statement of the truth of the gospel than Galatians. Salvation is through faith in Jesus Christ alone. No work can earn salvation. That's from the Nelson Study Bible introduction to the book of Galatians. And I, I think they really nailed it well. The book of Galatians is second only to the book of Romans in being a comprehensive treatment of the gospel of salvation in Christ. And as they mentioned, it's it's a concise version of it. And Sean, what is it about the book of Galatians that you love as we think about this wonderful little book? Well, kind of like you're saying, Paul's very passionate in the book of Galatians because the Judaizers are coming in there and they're trying to add to the gospel and, and enforce all the Old Testament requirements and things. And I think Paul's pretty fired up. And sometimes it seems as though that's when we're fired up that we really preach our best sermons, and maybe that motivated through the Holy Spirit's inspiration, Paul to passionately give us a very clear picture of the difference between the law and grace. Yeah, exactly. And and part of what Paul was dealing with, with the Galatians in particular, was they had these people called, we call now at least the Judaizers, these people that wanted to take the Christians who were Gentiles and force them back under the Old Testament law. And that was exemplified by their commitment to circumcision. And so if you'd not been circumcised and you're an adult and you become a Christian, well, now you got to be circumcised because that's part of the law and you got to obey the law. So there was this debate that was going on in the first century with believers as to do Gentiles have to become like Jews? Do they have to be circumcised or not? Yeah, I imagine that'd be very difficult if you think about the Jewish believers, what they were accustomed to, and much like us, you know, we start to weave um, culture and tradition and patterns that might be meaningful to us. We kind of put expectations on other people that go beyond what God's requirements of righteousness really are. That's why they had to have a a council to figure these things out with uh, wise and godly people. So, okay, how Jewish does a Gentile have to be to be a Christian? <laughs> right. This And we, we had a discussion of this on a, a previous uh, Bible chat some months ago when we were going through the book of Acts, and we got to Acts chapter 15, the Jerusalem mm-hmm. Council. It was so significant. Let's try to think of something. I've got something in mind I want to share that's pretty radical thought, but might be applicable as a modern-day example of how we might be adding to the gospel. And like I said, it's going to be probably pretty radical for me to say this, but I think it's worth discussion just as, a, as an illustration. And then we can go to a, a verse in Galatians chapter 5 and see if we can insert that modern issue into the text where it deals with circumcision and see if it's, if it's uh, equivalent, so to speak. So here, here's my statement. If you become a Christian, you have to go to church every Sunday. Mm. Is, has it become, in Christian tradition, has the descriptive practice of the early Christians, I say descriptive practice, because in the New Testament, you cannot find a command for Christians 
to go to church on Sunday morning. It's not there. Can you, ima- can you imagine being alive in Jesus' day and then just kind of walking up to Jesus and say, hey, Jesus, where do you go to church? <laughs> Great question. Well, he, was, he hadn't started the church yet, right? <laughs> the first mention of the yeah. word church is in Matthew chapter 16. And, and other than that, in the Gospels, there was no church because it was synagogue. It was the Old Covenant. But, of course, he died on the cross, rose from the grave. The Holy Spirit descended upon God's people, the believers, and it was the birth of the church. So, yeah, it's kind of anachronistic for us to talk to Jesus about going to church when there was no such thing at that point in time. But he did birth the church through the Holy Spirit, and then you had all these churches started, and it became their common practice to no longer meet together on their weekly gathering if they had such a thing, even in the New Testament. It seems they did, but it also talks about how they met day to day, you know, etc. But whereas the Jews met on Saturday in the synagogue and observed that was their holy day, the Christians kind of transitioned toward Sunday, the first day of the week, in celebration of the resurrection of Jesus, because he rose on the first day of the week. And then through the centuries, that became the habit of Christians to the point now that's expected of a Christian. You become a Christian, you join a church, and you go to church on Sunday morning. That's not commanded in the New Testament. Like I said, it's descriptive. So are we being legalistic and are we like the Galatians to a degree by pretty much requiring Christians to go to church on Sunday morning and, and judging the authenticity of their faith oftentimes based upon do they go to church every Sunday morning? Right. Well, I, I do think that's a problem as far as in America and maybe other parts of the world, Christianity is a matter of going somewhere for an hour and watching other people do things. And then you feel you fulfilled your righteous requirement. Then you just go on about your life like a pagan. And I think that we want to, God wants us to have a deep, meaningful relationship with him and with others. We're not to forsake the assembling of ourselves as a matter of some. That means we don't live in isolation as Christians. We need other believers. We need that fellowship. But it's not just a one-hour-a-week show that we go watch that makes us, uh, you know, part of his church and his kingdom. But we make it kind of like a legalistic thing of I attend a, a, a build. I go to a building a certain time, and it's almost like, you know, other re- world religions where we do our prayers at this time, we do this at that time. And we would assume that other world religions, you know, according to the gospel, according to the word of God, they don't really know the true God, but they're religious. So you can be very religious and not even know God. Yeah. So the Judaizers, if you're in the Galatian church, hey, I got circumcised. I checked that box. I'm right with God now. Today, mm-hmm. hey, I go to church every Sunday. I check that box. I'm right with God. I'm, I'm, I'm a Christian like I'm supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Now, look at Galatians chapter 5, verse 6, and here's where the Apostle Paul says. I'll start with the New King James Version, and then I'll also share the, the NIV. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything, but faith working through love. Now, I, I like the rendering of the NIV a little bit better. I think it makes a little bit clearer what Paul's communicating here in the original language. Here's the NIV. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Now, could we, could we, now, as I mentioned earlier, could we take that and say this for modern listeners as an application of this verse? For in Christ Jesus, neither Sunday morning church attendance or lack of attendance has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Now, I will say this. I don't think it's a, it's a 
complete equivalent because we are commanded in the New Testament to gather regularly. Circumcision was done with at the cross. No spiritual value whatsoever. It, there is value in meeting together with other believers. Mm-hmm. The day and the time we meet has no value, I believe, because it's well, not it's Brent, not it's not uh, prescribed. In other words, I, right. I honestly believe this: if your church meets on Friday morning at six a.m. once a week, that's fine. The time and the place has no value. What matters is faith expressing itself through love. Well, and you think about circumcision as an outward sign of supposed inner righteousness. And church attendance is like an outward sign as well. Um, And sometimes, you know, when we're heading to church on Sunday morning, we notice other people that aren't in church. You know, today in our modern society, they might have gone to church on a Saturday night or some other time. We don't know, but we would assume that they're unchurched and we're churched and we're different than they are because of what we're doing. And, you know, God's looking at the heart. He's also looking at what comes out of our lives. And so the outward sign is that faith working through love. Not necessarily. We can be confused. We can can think we've got an outward sign that's proof, but it doesn't have any value. Yeah. Thank you, Sean. Appreciate your time with me today. Sure. Thank you, Brett. Thanks for making me think. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sound of Truth. If you enjoyed it, please rate and review it. Also, tell your friends about it. Thanks. Music is by Canon and is used by permission. Sound of Truth podcast is produced in collaboration with Harvest Jacksonville. It is copyrighted by Brett A. Mirani, 2022.